Yo, what is up guys? There's something that I really need to address before I allow you guys to watch the full episode. No, I'm just kidding. But for real. Um, there's one thing I really need to address that in the first 10 minutes of this episode, there will be some technical difficulties between the guest, uh, Brayden Lim. Uh, simply because there, there was some issue with, with my recording software and there wasn't any audio coming out from his side. So I really like to apologize for that uh technical difficulty and i really hope you guys watch till the end of this episode enjoy Yo, what is up guys? Welcome back to the most controversial podcast in Malaysia. I'm your host, Derek Chow. And yeah, it's been three months since the last episode. I hope you guys missed me. I hope you did. And anyways, today we have a very special guest uh, who's a footballer for KDH Global FC and MK12. Just this year, he has won about multiple awards actually. He is he, he's a winner of Liga Superior Season A and B, which is Champions of Malaysia, right? Champions of KL. Yeah, my bad. Right, so he's also champion of GSL Cup uh, Final Summer and Satya Alam Cup Bronze. Right, let me apologize if I'm quite rusty, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been three months, bro. Can you imagine three months not doing podcast and I'm back? So, yeah. Let's get straight to the point. So, I seen you've been really busy, you know, like actually like a pro player. So, what 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 are your training schedules? So, do some individual, uh, work like um, wall passing, uh, ball mastery, and all that. You always have to sharpen the skills. Train about four times a four times a week. Friday rest, then games on Saturday and Sunday, depending. I see. Damn. Wow. Your your schedule doesn't sound like there's school in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, how do you good. how do you really cope with school and your football career? I mean school I think I did alright my GCSEs, two A stars and five A's, two B's. Wow. Not too bad. Huh? So Oh so so yeah in college. Parents, uh, I had to stop football for a month. Yeah, now I'm in college. Huh? My parents taught me to finish my GCSEs early, mm. which then college is up to, up to me. I mean, if I can like quickly get it over with or 
if I want to like if I'm seventy, if I stop it, if I start at seventeen, I won't be too late as well. So uh, it's up to me. But then it's important to balance studies and football as well. Like you might have to sacrifice time with friends, like uh, time with uh, like playing games and all. I I yeah. I don't play games personally, so it's just uh, study football, sleep, um, then. Yeah, self-reflection. Yeah. Wow. Sound very productive. I mean, even for myself, I hardly play games. Even if I do, that's the time that I'm Mm. super free. So normally, Mm. I'm still in high school. So my my journey is not really that smooth because in a way there'll there'll be eight hours of school every day and only like few Mm. hours of training so i i also have to put initiative to you know do weight training as you said early in the morning Mm. and grind grind out uh. so yeah so i mean yeah go on if you want to like if you really want to be successful in like football, you really want to improve, I would say if like your school starts at 8 o'clock or 7.30, wake up at like 5 o'clock to do training or like uh, 5.30, it's up to you. Then do some light training first. Start with start light first. Huh? Then followed by evening training. If you're tired, then uh, eat more uh, eat more carbo- carbohydrates, you know. That will get you feel. I mean, personally, I like honey. Honey is good to feel your energy. I see. I mean, that's a good tip, really. Yeah, yeah. so I'll probably take that as a consideration. So, yeah, just so you know, just now there was a technical difficulty when they can't, the viewers can't really hear you. So, mm. yeah, I mean, they could hear me doing the intro, but they can't really hear you, but now they can. So, mm. yeah, I, my apologies about that technical difficulties but yeah you know what moving on so knowing that you're you're a kdh global fc player right um i've seen how much they charge per month and i think per term also and i noticed Mm -hmm. their (laughs) their term fees are quite pricey and Mm -hmm. my question is how do you um how do you think lower income families can afford to go to KDH football team if they want to go pro or make it make it to a certain level where they want to at least um compete in Liga Super Rima. I mean is Director J he's a very he's a very good man. He can always compromise, but it's also depending on what you give to the team. Let's say if you need to be a, at a certain level because the um the the director J is not in charge of the under sixteen squad. Uh, mainly it's Coach Jaden, Coach Shogi. He's the in charge of the uh, most of the squads under fourteen and under sixteen, and he is. Uh, I would say his level is very high. He used to be a K League player. Wow. For Chombuk, and yeah, it's not easy to impress him, <laughs> but somehow if you do in your first trial, I think. Director J and Coach Shogi will take into consideration about the fees and everything. It's discussable. I so, see. Yeah. I also heard that some of your teammates are also sponsored to play for the to play for KDH. Is that true? Um, not for me to say. Uh, I, I I can't say anything about that. <laughs> all right, all right. See, 
all right so i think yeah let's move on so i heard you've been overseas you've been you've been you've been to korea for football and really the kdh brought you to korea for the exposure and things like that i mean this is like it's more of like a personal trip huh? like coach uh i got the helps from i got help from coach yogi himself to like help me arrange trip as well and he was because he has connections and he also he's a k-league player so he knows his connections in korea and he helped me sort that out and yeah i mean he allowed me to go so he thinks it's okay for me to get the exposure and everything it's, it's a very good experience so uh yeah they helped me a lot for sure in that process yes. and yeah i see wow damn okay <laughs> wow all right so um i asked for your cv uh before a few weeks of before the actual day um before actually today where we have the podcast we actually i asked you for your your cv and i noticed that you played for fckl but you did not add fckl as the clubs that you played before so mm. what's up with that i mean I I mean I didn't include any because in the highlight video like I didn't include any SQL clips so I didn't really add them but because I mean in the CV highlight video mainly it's like if I wanted to send it to coaches and all from different clubs I would just present like the current team I'm playing in and yeah I mean SQL wasn't really in the clips uh, I would say that makes sense yeah but Right, so can you like probably compare your experience in both big clubs? I mean, in my opinion, KDH and FCKL, in terms of how big they are in Liga Superima or the amateur scene in Malaysia. Mm. FCKL, I wouldn't say a big club twice. It's not really a. It's a. It's a popular club among like uh foreigners especially like fckl before even before this like in 2018 or 19 it was very popular among the foreign players because of the coaches that they had and yeah i mean the contrast between like example fc japan now and like uh kdh will be that fc japan is like they're less serious about the professional football thing but in KDKH, like, you'll really be provided, if you're good enough, You when you come training and, like, play the matches, coach, the coaches are, like, they, they might be very strict and, like, they might be very serious with you. They might score you a lot, a lot. They might, uh, they will have to push you for sure. But because you want to be a professional player, then they will only push you for that. But, like, in FC Japan, when I had the experience at the time, it was, like, sort of monotone in a way, like, not... Uh, many players were like wanting to push themselves during training or uh, wanted to train at a high intensity compared to KD. Yeah, yeah, it's relatable, really. Because uh, currently in for uh, FC Japan, right? Uh, we are currently in a league called uh, K- Klang Valley Junior League. I'm not sure whether you're aware of it, mm. but since the um, yeah. yeah, what's up? Right. Okay, let me. 
So since I, I, I think I heard of Yeah, it was just established this year. Ah, yeah, okay, I heard of it, yeah. Yeah, so since the the K we participated in the KV League, right? A lot of players, surprisingly to my surprise, uh, cause this is just my first year into the club, so to my surprise, a lot of my teammates did not really show up for practice or sometimes even games. Yeah, so it also kind of demotivates me on that's why we are losing every game, you know, cause we are last at the table and we are. Playing against teams like Kickers, Classico. I'm not sure whether you're aware mm. of these two clubs. I, I know Kickers. Kickers. Yeah. So we are playing against these two sort of good clubs, you know. I mean, no offense to my coaches or my teammates and all, but really, if you were to actually compete at that against those clubs, we got to at least be consistent with our trainings and things like that, right? So. I mean. I'll be honest. KDH had the same problem for a while. Oh, if you didn't know, they had they had commitment problems. Um, we train three times a week. I mean, for me, that's like the bare minimum. But they had some problems. Like some players had problems coming three times a week. Problems. Like um, and some players like the coaches, Coach Yin would often ask us to like update the attendance for training, but some players wouldn't show up and. Yeah, that will really affect the mood of the training at times and the coach's mood. And overall, we are not able to compete at the level that we really want to compete at, which is frustrating. And that's why we ended badly in the season C for Super Rima Liga. Super Liga Rima. Yeah. Super Rima Liga, yeah. Super Rima Liga. Yeah. So I see, like, in Liga Super Rima, right, there is A, B, and C, season A, B, and C. So is there, like, yeah. some sort of uh, division like you know how the EPL and championship and things like that is that how it works is it like a division uh, no. it's not uh, no no it's not a division it's uh, uh, just like there's three different separate seasons uh, season, season A season B and then season C so like example it's not like the EPL EPL there's only one season but then because of the lack of like teams and like that compete at a certain region that you need to play again and again or like you want to make it competitive i guess i'm not very sure about that but it's just three seasons, different separate seasons i see so in your opinion do you think this league is the most competitive league in grass grassroots football here competitive the beta bowl but it's definitely the they, they do promote a lot yeah Liga Suprema for sure but competitive wise it's debatable i'm, I'm not I don't, I'm not certain that it's competitive twice, the most competitive. I think in my opinion, it's quite decorated in Malaysia, this league, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the most competitive, I think it's Liga KPS, Liga KPS, KMS. It's where all the JDP, AMD, they play it, but it's, it requires a lot of traveling and visa, so uh. it's difficult. So I've seen you, your team and yourself has, has also played against team like AMD, JDT, mm. even went for a JDT tour, stadium tour. So, mm. how was the game with them? You know, knowing that they are they are they are a professional club in Malaysia and facing an amateur club. So, how's your experience? I mean, for AMD wise, we've been there like three times already. It's but it's they have very good facilities. 
I'll be honest. Their facilities, their field, they have many fields, but like it's very good quality fields and FIFA size, like the size of the field is much, much better compared to like UCAM, uh, UM Park and all. Hmm. It's, it's very good. And then they train, I think they have the freedom to train like almost every morning, night. You know, I don't really see them uh, studying from my, I have friends there. They don't really study much in AMD. And in JDT wise, JDT, I didn't go because of uh, personal reasons. Uh... I, I got family, family problems. I got not problems, family issue, something personal. So I didn't go. I see. So these are clubs where are invitation only, right? Uh, yeah, invitations for friendlies. So, uh. but it's usually like, uh, AMD. Sometimes it was gonna be closed doors at first, but I think they allowed to upload on YouTube and also it's fine. I Not see. Closed doors, right. So, speaking about amateur clubs and professional football clubs, uh, for the younger age group, right? So, what are your advice for grassroots players in Malaysia? Uh, and amateur clubs in terms of how they can improve uh, how football is imaged in our country and things like that. From my experience, when after going to Korea and then coming back and then looking at the grassroots football and everything, the philosophy of Malaysia compared to Korea, it's Malaysia's philosophy is quite, I mean, I would say, no offense, but like disappointing because Especially when I saw them play the AFF Cup and all, it was, uh, they they basically just dribble and long ball dribble, uh, shoot 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 from anywhere, and that philosophy from like under twelve has been carried all the way up to, un um basically adult football, which is pretty bad. But then when you see in Korea, it's like the philosophy slowly they develop the players slowly, and well they. The philosophy is about like passing, uh, pass and move, whereas in Malaysia it's just dribbling. Just, I mean, I would say, uh, Malaysia like they have to improve on the the training wise. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's yeah. more on because I I I've spoken to one of my teachers in in my school in particular where he's he's a expatriate so he's from Ireland and he I asked him uh, uh, what are the main differences you can see in Malaysian football and um football in UK or in Europe in general and he says that to be pro here it's much easier to be pro in you in EU simply because of how low our our standards are and also how low our the way our coaches train us in Malaysia locally is far different than the coaches uh else, elsewhere. Yeah, and overseas. Ma- mentality here is very poor, I'll be honest. I mean they focus more on dirty tricks rather than tactical. Oh. Pretty bad. Yeah, and you can see all the teams here play the same way. It's a pass to the wingers, the wingers dribble, hit it, smash it in. Yeah, whereas in Europe, you can see they play like a different dynamic uh, formation. You can see them passing and moving long balls and a quick like cutback, different styles. I see. Yeah, I think I also can can start image and relate now. 
Yeah. Right. So knowing that we just had our GE15 just I think three weeks ago from now, what do you think our Malaysian youth and sport ministry can improve in terms of grassroots programs in for football and things like that? Because you see, we have clubs like uh, Destiny where they give players, as I said, they give players exposure to Germany and KDH to Korea. So what about the other amateur clubs, you know? What can they improve on? For me, I still think that the grassroots football, they can improve on like, like, this, like uh, your teacher said, the coaching. The coaching quality. Everybody... I actually went when I was at Destiny at the time. There was this uh, coaching course, like an FBM coaching license course, where they coached this. Like they had like a license, um, license test at the time, and all of them copied the same drill basically. And there was not much, how do you say, innovation or anything. And it was just like robotic. But at the same time, the drills wasn't like good itself, and it sort of like limits the creativity of players, and. They don't actually use the drills to teach the players during their own at their own clubs. It's completely different. So just stick to one philosophy. Like, if you're going to if you're going to be playing tiki taka, then stick to tiki taka. You know, that's what I think. Just to improve the philosophy of football here in Malaysia. That's the first step. Yeah. Then you can then you can start talking about going overseas and yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah, the true. football quality here is poor. So how are you going to talk about going overseas? Yeah. It's difficult. See. So I think uh, you mentioned about some of the sacrifices you have to make in your football career. And I don't think that's recorded in the Twitch or my recording. So mm-hmm. would you like to repeat that again? <laughs> my apologies. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, Sacrifices you have to make if you really want to be successful in football or let's say you want to play football overseas, you have to be, you have to sacrifice time with about like friends. You have to sacrifice a lot of time with friends, um, maybe even girlfriends. And uh, you have to sacrifice game time, like gaming. I mean, you can't stay at home and play games all day. You can't yeah. because you might have to continue your ed- pursuing your education as well. That's very important because football your career can only last up to like 35 years old unless you're Ronaldo or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I mean, football is a very short career. So you have to think about afterward, afterwards as well. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not sure about your parents, but for myself, they they normally uh, emphasize on how even if you were to make it pro in football, they emphasize a lot on education and what you would do after you are retired or things like that. So yeah, that's definitely one factor to consider if you're, uh, if you made it pro. So, or if you get injured during the process of school, this has, that has happened to many people. I know. So they get injured during the process of even going pro and then they get lost, but they don't know what to do afterwards. I see. That's why I'm also quite, that's why I'm curious how you you juggle your your studies and your football i mean knowing now you're in college right how do you really uh, schedule it to the extent where you can focus on both things i mean for me is 
I had, like I said, I had to sacrifice time with friends because usually in a day you will have, maybe you might have some time to uh, take some time off and everything. For me, I choose to be productive. Like after classes at college, I'm sure you know, like, like if you take A levels, especially you would need to do a lot, a lot of revision. And that means that you will have to sacrifice a lot of time. So after football, immediately you have to get home, study, study. You might, the net, the maximum amount of, amount of hours you take for a nap will be one hour. You get back to studying again, football, to eat, sleep, come home. Yeah. So has it, has it ever come to an effect on you where you felt like, you know, giving up and, you know, just, you're just really emotionally and physically tired of football? I mean... Of course, yeah, for sure. Especially if you're having a bad training session or a bad game, that can be a big factor in your studies as well. It has happened to me. And I'm sure it has happened to many people as well. But the thought for me is the thought of um, making my dad proud or let's see, because I've always dreamed of becoming a professional football, so I keep pushing to that goal. I keep thinking to myself, I've come so far, so there's no point in giving up now. Yeah. I see. So I have to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that's that. that's that's a good quote there that I think we should clip it there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh I've seen uh your highlight videos, right? And I'm just curious, do because uh, um knowing this is just my first year into uh amateur football. So after so long, after so long of trying uh FCKL and things like that, and I'm just curious on how uh, do you hire any videographer to record your games or yeah i mean Owens, i'm lucky enough to have like one of the players parents filming the games all the time or if not like during camps like other players parents because kdh after all you know the fees are very expensive so parents are wealthy enough so they would hire like cameramen and all photographers videographers so yeah i mean it's just about luck as well <laughs> yeah, i got it but yeah. If you have to like have to, if you have to like example if you're playing at uh a local very local club like uh Ampang FC or something like that, you would have to hire the videographer because I doubt there will be any videographers there. I see. If okay. I see. Right, so um if let's say a player who is um really talent uh talent wise gifted who is not really financially uh, financially able to go to clubs like kdh and many other clubs in in the amateur scene so what do you advise them to do your i mean you for me is if you football is a, actually a very ex- it's an like expensive sport now, especially. Yeah. So you shouldn't give too much hopes on football, but you have to be patient as well, you know, because especially if you're waiting for an opportunity to come towards you, that might take a lot of time, but you have to keep working hard, keep pushing abilities. Though it's technically, you're technically gifted, you also have to work on tactically as well, because now football is very tactically versatile and yeah, you have to keep working hard. You shouldn't give up. But also think of a second plan. Because football, even with money, it's not a certain 100% that you might go pro. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, to me, it's really your own effort on how much you how much effort you put in, and that's how much you get in return. Right. So yep. my following question would be: What is your ultimate goal the following year, bro? I mean, there's a there's always a big goal. The big goal would be to become professional, of course. But I mean, somewhere my goal has always been to become professional a professional footballer in Europe. So it's work we're working on it. And next year, I still I still have to take college in Malaysia, of course. So uh, I'll see which club that has to offer for me and. Depending on where I go, I mean, where it leads to. Malaysia is very unpredictable as well. Yeah. So you have to change plans a lot as well, or change countries depending on. So I'm not certain, but we have to adapt um, as well. Right. So, have you ever get offered or yeah get offered any pro contracts before? I mean, they don't offer pro contracts when you're at the age of 16. They said, I th- I'm pretty sure you can sign only in 18 from what I heard at least at certain times. But uh, no, I, I haven't yet. No. I see. Because uh, I have one friend who, uh, who is from FCKL and recently just mm. got invited to the police club as you as you like to call it mm-hmm. PDRM FC and uh he he wasn't offered any pro contract uh as you mentioned is they can only sign when they are 18 but according to yeah. him uh, uh with my verbal conversation with him he mentioned that uh it was he they invited him for for tryouts and Apparently he got uh, uh selected for the U eighteen team, and mm. according to him, he's getting paid uh I think per month, and the amount of money will only, will be accumulated, and once he turns eighteen, they will return all the money to him. So yeah, I mean it's quite interesting. System here, it's a bit strange as well. Yeah, I mean, I do have a friend who this went is a new project in the FEM. Uh it's not very clear, but it, they just started the new project and they called him up for I think about one year to stay there at the dormitory and train. So it's like it's a whole new team and everything is new project. He was also offered a contract, you know, they they said they will pay him, but only at eighteen they will return all the money to him. Yeah. But for yeah, so, I I forgot to mention that um my friend that I'm referring to just now, he was also um required to sign a contract, uh to yeah, yeah, yeah. to to indicate that the money will be returned to him when he's eighteen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, so I think the World Cup starts at about three hours time, uh, quarter final. So yeah. which car are you leading towards, bro? I mean, I'm leading towards Croatia for me. I'm pretty sure. Damn. Yeah. To me, I really didn't have time to watch a full 90 minutes game due to school, personal reasons, and also football. So I'm, uh, I'll be putting my hopes on Brazil, bro. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I was a bit like. No worries, no worries. Sorry, are uh, you saying? I was saying that. Uh, 
I didn't really have time to watch World Cup. Uh, and I'm just saying that I, I'm leaning towards Brazil. What do you think? Brazil. I mean, Brazil are a very good team. I'll be honest, but I I have faith in Modric. Modric is my favorite player in soccer, so I think definitely Modric will create some magic. Hopefully, he will destroy the Brazilians. Is it done against Brazil? Hopefully, hopefully, like hopefully for you, bro. Hopefully, but honestly, I. <laughs> But honestly, I I I really I really want to see Neymar winning a World Cup, bro. I mean, with the Balando, it's kind of tricky for him. So I really want to see him win something big, right? So, I I I uh, I think yeah. Are you still supporting Spurs? <laughs> no? no, no. I actually haven't had time to watch so much club football. Whatever time turns on in the Premier League. Whatever turns on the TV, I just watch. And yeah, I mean, I haven't had time to spot any real clubs after that. Ever since the Champions League, mm, it hasn't been so good. Spurs. I see. But, yeah. I think, yeah, that's pretty much it, bro. Thanks for having, thanks for having, you know, what am I saying? Mm. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me and yeah I'm really thankful for taking your uh, really thankful for you coming and showing up to, to the podcast and things like that taking up your time especially knowing that you're a busy man and yeah I'm grateful and right, thank you so much bro alright I think right. that's it for the podcast thank you guys so much for watching it's been a great 50 minutes and I'll catch you guys in episode 13 <laughs> Don't like Pablo, Pablo, cut don't like Pablo, cut don't chat trees with the Draco, Draco, on enough got Diego, Diego, I still a wiggle, we'll be in rapping Kilo.